Well, good morning to you. It is Friday, April 14th, 2023. Friday, April 14th, 2023. Slava Ukraine, Heroium Slava. Being Friday, don't forget to look for that flaming bag of crap left on your doorstep. That's when politicians throw something out there in the afternoon on Friday uh, or maybe Saturday, hoping that it'll uh, disappear in the 24-hour news cycle so it won't be around on Monday. On Monday. PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Uh, tell your friends to Google those four words, Political Views TV Podcast, and I'll show up right at the top of the search. Man, do I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for coming every day. It's very nice of you. Uh, if you can, uh, bring someone with you today or this weekend. That would be awesome. And tweet to me questions, insights, or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S. Maybe you want to send me a news story. That's cool, too. Um, yeah, we got some, a lot of stuff today, a lot of stuff today, uh, including, and I knew it was going to be a lot. This is one of those days when I knew it was going to be a lot. And, uh, Elon Musk is eating crow after a statement he said about San Francisco last week. We'll get to that. Got a lot of stuff, including, uh, this, this, uh, this hack. Uh, well, was it a hack? Is it considered, it wasn't really a hack because he had, he was able, he had access to the record. So it wasn't a hack of the, of these Pentagon uh, papers that were leaked. Uh, we'll start with that because it is Ukraine and Russia war related. Yesterday, 21-year-old Massachusetts Air National Guardman Jack Tehera, T-E-I-X-E-I-R-A, that's how you spell his name, uh, Jack Tehera was arrested for the leak of those classified Pentagon documents The arrest was for the unauthorized removal, retention, and transmission of classified national defense information. And guess what? He's a white nationalist who hates the Democratic Party. He spent several months sharing the information with members of an online forum on Discord. Uh, Eric Toller of Bellingcat interviewed a teenage member of the private Discord server that Tahara frequented, known as Thug Shaker Central. Uh, on Sunday, and the Post published a report based on the source's story on Wednesday, a week after the Times first reported the documents had been leaked. In the forum, Tahara was known as OG. The Post viewed a uh, Washington Post viewed a video of a man identified as OG at a shooting range, where he yelled a series of racial and anti-Semitic slurs in the camera before firing several rounds of ammunition at a target. Uh, The newspaper reported it had verified details shared by the teenage source with other members of the Thug Shaker Central. The members did not confirm to the Times that Tahara and uh, OG were one and the same, but the newspaper reported that a trail of digital evidence compiled by the Times leads to Airman Tahara. OG worked at an uh, unmanned, excuse me, unnamed military base where he was one of thousands of entry and low-level government employees who had access to classified documents like the ones he allegedly shared with about 25 members of Thug Shaker Central. Now, this access, from what I understand, this access was he worked in the tech part uh, of, of the base, I guess. And uh, 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 therefore could view uh, documents 
being sent via email, you know, that way. Uh, wow. Talk about a big hole in uh, um, protecting our secrets, right? Uh, OG uh, uh, told the other members that he worked in a secure facility on the base where cell phones and other electronic devices uh, were prohibited to prevent leaks. Late last year, Tahera began sharing several documents per week on the server, annotating some to translate abbreviations used in intelligence community, such as NOFORN, uh, NOFORN, uh, N-O-F-O-R-N, for information that could not be shared with foreign nationals. Uh, the classified documents included charts of battlefields in Ukraine, which has been under attack by Russian forces since Russia's invasion in February 2022, and highly classified satellite images of the aftermath of Russian missile strikes on Ukrainian electrical facilities. OG also shared documents that showed the possible path of North Korean ballistic nuclear missiles that could reach the U.S. and photographs of the uh, object that the Biden administration identified as the Chinese uh, spy balloon uh, back in February. OG reportedly had a dark view of the government and spoke frequently with other members uh, in the Discord server about government overreach and his opposition to law enforcement and intelligence agencies. One member of the group said to the Post, I would definitely not call him a whistleblower. I would not call OG a whistleblower in the slightest, adding that the OG seemed very confused and lost as to what to do when he spoke uh, when he spoke to him following the Times reporting of the leaks. I, apparently, this guy was releasing documents to prove he was some sort of bigwig, uh, you know, because everybody was like, yeah, like you're really somebody, you know? Anyway, of course, this means members of the group will also soon be arrested because the documents were disseminated from the group. It depends on who disseminated those documents, and we shall see. If I was in a group like that, I would call my buddies at the FBI so they could do nothing about it because they're absolutely worthless. Yeah, I know you're listening. I know you're listening. Because... We've talked before. You came to my door. <laughs> According to those uh, leaked U.S. government documents, China approved the provision of lethal aid to Russia for its war in Ukraine, but wanted any shipments to remain a secret. Uh, this is one of the documents, apparently, and this is another story. A top-secret intelligence summary dated uh, 23rd of February states that Beijing had approved the incremental provisions of weapons to Moscow, which it would disguise as civilian items. The intelligence was gathered by U.S. Eaves, uh, US agents eavesdropping on uh, Russia's Secret Service discussions. The newspaper reported the Russians and uh, said China... Uh, China's Central Military Commission wanted the shipments to remain secret. A separate intelligence file and trove of leaked documents said Beijing would consider a significant Ukrainian strike with U.S. or NATO weapons on Russian territory as an escalation of the conflict that would merit sending arms to Russia. The leak about China's willingness to send weapons to Russia appeared to be genuine as soon 
uh, as soon after the date of the intelligence reports in February, U.S. government officials made the claim publicly. Beijing has vigorously denied the accusation, uh, saying there is no evidence that any such weapons have actually been sent. But there wouldn't be, right, if there were as intelligence said, if, the, if those shipments were disguised as civilian items. China's foreign minister, Quinn Gang, said today his country would not provide arms to either side of the conflict and would also restrict the export of dual-use technology, which is counter to recent reporting now, just today. In President Vladimir Zelensky's office, uh, Vladislav uh, Vlasyuk, uh, who uh, advises the president's chief of staff on sanctions policy, said Ukrainian forces are finding a growing number of components from China and Russian weapons used in Ukraine. Intelligence gathered by Ukrainian experts from the battlefield and shared with Reuters stated that Chinese-made components were found in a navigation system in Orlan uh, aerial drones that had previously used a Swiss system. The experts also reported finding Chinese parts in the fire control systems in Russian tanks that had earlier used French-made parts. Vlasyuk, I'm sorry, Vlasyuk said that Ukraine was able to identify some manufacturers or suppliers and share the information with Western allies. He named... China North Industries Group, or Norinco, a Chinese weapon maker as one of the supplier, and military supplier Zhenying Guangzhou Import and Export Company as another, without saying what they had supplied. U.S. officials are watching the developments closely and are uh, uh, closely and are concerned in particular by uh, uh, so-called dual-use products, which China said they would not be uh, sending, uh, such as electronics that can be used in, say, a microwave or a missile. A senior State Department official said, we and our partner governments are relentlessly focused on restricting Russia's access to key technologies that fuel its brutality in Ukraine. We will continue to take action to degrade Putin's war machine. European Union uh, foreign policy chief Joseph Borrell said it would be difficult, if not impossible, for Europe to trust China if it did not try to find a political solution to the war. The comments published on the EU's website were due to be delivered uh, at a think tank in Beijing on Friday. But Borrell had to cancel his trip to China because he tested positive for COVID-19, which was caused by China. Well, not directly. Uh, German Foreign Minister Annalena Baerbeck has urged Beijing to ask the Russian aggressor to stop the war in Ukraine, adding, no other country has more influence on Russia than China. Baerbeck spoke after a meeting with Quinn Gang in Beijing, uh, which is uh, uh, the, uh, the Beijing Foreign Minister. She said, it's good that China has signaled its commitment to a solution, but I have to say frankly that I wonder why the Chinese position so far does not include a call on the aggressor Russia, uh, on the aggressor Russia to stop the war. 
After the meeting, China announced the Defense Minister uh, Li Shengfu would be on a four-day visit from Sunday at the invitation of Defense Minister Sergei Shogu in Russia. Uh, yesterday, the Finnish embassy in Moscow received three letters, one of which contained an unknown powder. RIA quoted the embassy as saying, in line with the security rules of the Finnish foreign ministry, the letters in question were handed to the official represent representative uh, organs of Russia, which will study the matter. Uh, the embassy said it had also informed Russian foreign ministry of the incident. Uh, relations between Moscow and, of course, Helsinki have deteriorated sharply since Finland formally joined NATO on April 4th. Just joined. Uh, on April 19th, in Sweden, U.S. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin will meet with his Swedish and German counterparts. Uh, according to a Pentagon statement, the Pentagon chief will discuss security-related topics of mutual interest between the two nations and speak with senior Swedish defense and government officials. Uh, the statement said... In Germany, Austin and Joint Chiefs of Staff General Mark Milley will host the Ukraine Defense Contact Group on April 21st to discuss the ongoing crisis in Ukraine and continue our close coordination on providing the Ukrainian people with the means necessary to protect themselves against Russia's continued aggression. The Norwegian PST Security Service, which is, I guess, is their secret service, said the 15 Russian diplomats Norway expelled yesterday had sought to recruit sources, conduct signal intelligence, and buy advanced technology. PST counterintelligence chief Inger Hogland told a news conference the diplomats' real employers were the Russian GRU, FSB, and SVR intelligence services. Hogland said of the expulsions... This lowers the threat from Russian intelligence in Norway by permanently reducing the number of intelligence officers operating under diplomatic cover. Uh, the Danish Defense Ministry said that uh, Ukraine would receive 19 French-made uh, Caesar uh, howitzer artillery systems within the coming weeks. In January, Denmark announced it would donate the artillery weapons after Kiev had asked Copenhagen to supply the weapon systems. An update to that man whose daughter drew a picture that made Russia decide to jail him. The man who fled to Belarus after coming to uh, Russian authorities' attention because his daughter drew an anti-war picture at school uh, has been extradited back to Russia. Uh, I described the picture previously. It, it was uh, a woman and her child in a field with Russian bombs overhead. Uh, Belarusian authorities handed over Alexei Moskalyov, uh, who was detained in Minsk late last month. Uh, Russia's, uh, I'm sorry, Ukraine Sports Ministry has said that Ukraine has banned its national sports teams from competing in uh, Olympic, non-Olympic, and Paralympic events that include athletes from Russia and Belarus. Uh, criticized by some Ukrainian athletes, the decision comes after the International Olympic Committee allowed Russian and Belarusian athletes to compete as neutrals, which is a new uh, uh, ruling that allows some to complete, uh, compete as neutrals. It's happened the last two Olympics, I believe. Uh, Deputy Sports Minister V. Bignier uh, signed the decree published on the Sports Ministry's website overnight.
Uh, it's easier to poison people if they are in your prison, right? Alexei Navalny, Russia's most prominent opposition politician who we've spoken about many times. Remember, they tried to poison his underwear. Uh, he has been grappling with severe stomach pain in jail that could be the result of slow-acting poison. Uh, Russian Ruslin Shav, uh, uh, Ro- uh, Shavadinov uh, said an ambulance was called last week to the maximum security uh, IK-6 penal colony in Melikovo, about 155 miles, uh, 250 kilometers about, east of Moscow, where he is uh, being held. Uh, Shavadinov said his situation is critical. We are all very concerned. We understand that the situation must have been very bad if an ambulance was called, adding that the prison authorities refused to have Navalny admitted to the hospital. There have been no update on Navalny's health condition since the ambulance arrived. Shavadinov said uh, it's because the prison authorities are doing everything possible to isolate him. Uh, the 46-year-old is serving sentences totaling 11 and a half years on charges including fraud and contempt of court, which human rights groups say were made up to silence him from speaking out uh, against Putin. Um, okay, so uh, quickly, uh, what they do is uh, usually Navalny uh, would be buying stuff uh, uh uh, prison buying uh, stuff from the commissary or whatever it is um, because he's worried about getting food from the Russian guards. And when they, when uh, Russian guards put him in solita- solitary confinement for any little thing, then he has to eat Russian food, right? That's what's going on here. Uh, Shavdinov said... His team now believes Navalny was being slowly poisoned. He said, our theory is that they are gradually killing him using slow-acting poisoning, which is applied through the food. It might sound like paranoia, but after the Novichok poisoning, it seems completely plausible. He lost 8 kilograms in two weeks. That's 20 pounds. About 20 pounds, yeah. This hasn't happened before. Uh, It's 2.2 kilograms. I'm sorry, 2.2 pounds per kilograms. Uh, This hasn't happened before, and the doctors are not telling him why he is in so much pain. When asked about the claims that Navalny might be be being slowly poisoned, Putin's spoke puppet, Dmitry Pesky-Peskov, said the Kremlin was not following the state of his health and that it was a matter for the Federal Penitentiary Service. Of course, they're going to claim they are not doing anything about it. That they are not causing it, rather. Uh, yesterday, Russia pressed on with attacks on Bakhmut and shelled the southern city of Kherson. Uh, Ukrainian defense uh, Deputy Defense Minister Hanna Mahler said on Telegram that heavy fighting gripped all parts of the Eastern Front. She wrote most of the enemy's offensive efforts are occurring in the Bakhmut sector. The enemy is using its most professional units there and restoring resorting to significant amount of artillery and aviation. Every day the enemy carries out in Bakhmut uh, from 40 to 50 storming operations and 500 shelling episodes. According to the British Ministry of Defense, Russia 
has re-energized its efforts in Bakhmut due to better relations between the Wagner Group and the Russian army. I, you know what? I, I got to say, Bakhmut, if it was in the United States, would be considered a small town. Seriously. It's really tiny. Uh, the intelligence update said... The Ukrainian defense still holds the western districts of the town, but has, subject, has been subjected to particularly intense Russian artillery fire over the previous 48 hours. The update added that Wagner troops continue to advance through the center of Bakhmut, while Russia's airborne forces relieved some Wagner units securing the northern and southern flanks of the operation. Ukrainian forces face significant resupply issues, but have made orderly withdrawals from the, uh, the position they have been forced to concede. This, of course, means that the center of Bakhmut has fallen to the enemy of Russia. But it also means, with Ukraine getting out, they will not repeat what happened at the Azovstal steel plant in Mariupol, which is what we were talking about a couple weeks, or last week, we were worried about. Oh, wow. 20 minutes of Russia. Now that I have your attention, let's move on. Let's try and fix the rest of the world. Whew, Christ. Are you serious about this? Unfortunately, yes. Yesterday, your favorite right-wing sociopath, uh, sociopathetic bag of nuts, Marjorie Taylor Greene defended the racist white supremacist in connection with a high-profile investigation into leaked classified documents in a tweet just hours after the FBI arrested Air National Guardsman Jack Tejera. Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia praised his alleged actions. She praised him for leaking Pentagon documents. She tweeted, Jake Tahara is a is white male Christian and anti-war. That anti-war in the Air National Guard. Wait a minute. Oh. She she went on. She said that makes him any uh, that makes him an enemy to the Biden regime. And he told the truth about troops being on the ground in Ukraine and a lot more. Ask yourself who is the real enemy. Wait a minute. Well, he didn't say American troops were on the ground. Well, I tweeted to her this morning that she was the real enemy. Representative Eric Swalwell from California, accused her of siding with one of the country's biggest traitors. Swalwell tweeted, McCarthy's top lieutenant, referring to Green, is siding with one of the biggest traitors America has seen. I'm sorry, Marge. Being white, male, and Christian is not licensed to betray your country and put the lives of thousands at risk. But this wouldn't be the first time she sided with traitors. Ooh, them's fighting words. There's bigger hits in politics. Um, at this point, it's getting ridiculous. And I'm speaking of Clarence Thomas, who is so deep in corruption, he'd need a Saturn V rocket to clear the atmosphere of corruption. Yesterday, 
Senator Sheldon Whitehouse urged the Senate to refer Clarence Thomas to the Justice Department. He cited that the Chief Justice, uh, Justices John Roberts in action as the reason. In a statement, he said it would be best for the Chief Justice to commence a proper investigation, but after a week of silence from the court and the latest disturbing reporting, I'm urging the Judicial Conference to step in and refer Justice Thomas to the Attorney General for investigation. What is the latest reporting he's referring to, you ask? This happened after uh, ProPublica released another bombshell story on Clarence Thomas after last week's bombshell story. Republican megadonor Harlan Crow bought property from Thomas in a deal that the justice uh, did not disclose as required by law. Since the House is controlled by Republicans. Impeachment will not be recommended, so you have to go through the Justice Department. Apparently, in 2014, one of Harlan's Crow's companies purchased a string of properties on a quiet residential street in Savannah, Georgia. Not a big deal, right? Just an old single-story home and two vacant lots down the road. But who did his company buy it from? Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas and his relatives. The transaction marks the first known instance of money flowing from the GOP megadonor to the Supreme Court Justice. The Crow Company bought the properties for $133,363, way over what they're worth in a small town out in the middle of nowhere, from three co-owners, Thomas, his mother, and the family of Thomas's late brother. The purchase put Crow in an unusual position. He now owned the house where the justice's elderly mother was living. Soon after the sale was completed, contractors began working on uh, work on tens of thousands of dollars of improvements on the two-bedroom, one-bathroom home. I know what you're asking. Does Thomas's mother still live there? Yes, she does. Apparently, or possibly, rent-free, but no one has confirmed that. Crow will not say if she's living there rent-free. The renovations included a carport, a repaired roof, and a new fence and gates, according to city permit records and blueprints. A federal disclosure law passed after Watergate requires justices and other officials to disclose the details of most real estate sales over $1,000. Thomas never disclosed his sale of the Savannah Savannah property. That appears to be a violation of the law. The disclosure from Thomas uh, form Thomas filed for that year also had a space to report the identity of the buyer in any private transaction, such as a real estate deal. That space is blank. He's a fucking Supreme Court justice, and he's claiming he doesn't understand the law. He's claimed that before. Are you kidding me? (laughs) There is a choice of what's going on here. I mean, he's claimed that he doesn't understand the law. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't do that because I didn't understand the law. You're a Supreme Court justice. Come on. Thomas is corrupt and has been hiding his corruption and therefore should be removed from his seat. That is one of the choices. Or he's too stupid to understand the law and should be removed from his seat. Those are the two choices. 
<laughs> Virginia Cantor at the watchdog group that you and I love, Crew, uh, Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, said he needed to report his interest in the sale. Given the role Crow has played in subsidizing the lifestyle of Thomas, Thomas and his wife, you have to wonder if this was an effort to put cash in their pockets. In a statement, Crow said, My intention is to one day create a public museum at the Thomas, Thomas home dedicated to telling the story of our nation's second black Supreme Court justice. I approached the... <laughs> The, the Thomas family about my desire to maintain this historic site so future generations could learn about the inspiring life of one of our greatest Americans. Yeah. How about a museum on the most corrupt Americans? Wouldn't that be a better use? ProPublica Pro also asked Crow about the additions on Thomas's mother's house, like the new carport. Crow said, improvements were also made to the Thomas property to preserve its long-term viability and accessibility to the public. After the sale, a Crow Holdings company soon began paying the roughly $1,500 in annual property taxes on Thomas's mother's house, according to county tax records. The taxes had previously been paid by Clarence and Ginny Thomas. Crow still owns Thomas's mother's home, which the now 94-year-old continues to live in through at least 2020, according to public records and social media. But the two neighbors told ProPublica she still lives there. Crow did not respond to questions about whether he has charged her rent. Soon after, Crow purchased the house and award-winning local architectural firm received permits to begin $36,000 of improvements. Crow also bought the house immediately next door to the Thomas uh, Thomas's mother, which was owned by somebody else. It was torn down, which increased the value of the Thomas house. Crow said in his statement, the surrounding properties had fallen into, fallen into disrepair and needed to be demolished for health and safety reasons. Wait a minute. Hadn't the Thomas's house fallen into disrepair and you fixed them? Why didn't you fix the other houses and resell them? The vacant lots that the Thomas family own, once owned have been replaced by pristine two-story homes. That was down the street. Oh man, this smacks of corruption, big corruption. And I'm going to add corruption by the chief justice who is not investigating. Moving on. Yesterday, speaking of corruption, Trump appeared for a deposition as part of the civil case brought by New York State against him, some of his children, and his business empire. Trump answered numerous questions in the deposition with the New York Attorney General's office, citing, uh, sitting for nearly seven hours plus breaks. Uh, Trump's deposition is part of a discovery process of the case, and his attorney said earlier yesterday that he was prepared to answer James's questions. A notable departure from his refusal to respond to questions from her team during a deposition that occurred a month before the suit was filed. Remember, 400 some odd uh, Fifth Amendment declarations? Uh, Trump's attorney, Alina Haba, 
said in a statement, he remains resolute in his, this is a hilarious statement. This is really hilarious. He remains resolute in his stance that he has nothing to conceal and he looks forward to educating the attorney general about the immense success of his multi-billion dollar company. <laughs> oh, God, that's funny. Right, moving on. Uh, Diane Feinstein facing calls to step down. She didn't. However, she has asked Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer to move uh, to temporarily replace her on the Chamber's Judi Judiciary Committee. I, it's a start. It's a start. Feinstein said in a statement, when I was first diagnosed with shingles, I expected to return by the end of the March work period. Unfortunately, my return to Washington has been delayed due to continued complications related to my diagnosis. But Feinstein signaled that she has no intention of giving up her Senate seat entirely, saying she intends to return as soon as possible once my medical team advises that it's safe for me to travel. You know... It makes me wonder if Feinstein uh, was asked by the governor, right, Governor Newsom, to stay in her seat because Newsom doesn't want the politically divisive job of replacing her. Feinstein said on Wednesday, I remain committed to a job and will uh, to the job and will continue to work from home in San Francisco. I understand that my absence could delay the important work of the Judiciary Committee, so I've asked Leader Schumer to ask the Senate to allow another Democratic senator to temporarily serve until I'm able to resume my committee work. But it's not that easy. Any effort to replace Feinstein on the Judiciary panel which is split 10 to 10 between Democrats and Republicans, could, be run, could uh, run into issues if the, GO, um, if the GOP, which has worked to obstruct Biden's judicial nominations, refuses to grant unanimous consent. It, uh, if Senate Republicans object to a unanimous consent request, 60 votes will be needed to replace Feinstein on the committee. As usual, the GOP holds the obstruction card. Moving on. Florida. I, you know, I could stop right there. A Republican state lawmakers sent legislation outlawing abortion after six weeks to the governor and likely GOP presidential candidate Ron DeSantis' desks for his signature. He signed it this morning. SB 300 passed in the Florida House of Representatives by a 70 to 40 vote, largely along party lines, after approval by the GOP-controlled Senate earlier this month. If signed into law, as anticipated, the legislation will replace an existing 2022 Florida law prohibiting abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy, which was already too low, uh, with a six-week ban containing exceptions for victims of rape, incest, or human trafficking in case of fatal fetal abnormalities or to save the pregnant person's life. But not in all cases. Republican state lawmakers rejected an amendment to include an exception for a life-threatening condition that recently caused a woman in Florida to miscarry in a hair salon and nearly bleed to death. The condition is known as P-PROM, P-P-R-O-M, 
pre-viability, premature rupture of the membranes. It occurs in less than 1% of pregnancies. Usually you're on bed rest, unless you have to work for a living. Once the amniotic sac breaks, there is a risk of infection, which can be life-threatening. Typically, doctors would induce labor or perform an abortion. But in this case, the ER doctor said they couldn't induce her, her due to the state's abortion ban, so they sent her home. A nurse gave her antibiotics and promised to pray for her. Prayer. That's the GOP's plan. Doesn't God say you should heal thyself? <laughs> well, he doesn't know. That's, that's, that's a saying. But, but I, I think people are supposed to do what's right for themselves. The next day, Cook, the woman, ended up miscarrying in the bathroom of a hair salon. Her husband had to sever the umbilical cord by pulling it apart with his hands. Cook told the Post, I, I'm sorry, I should have warned you that this is quite descriptive. Um, Cook told the Post that blood splattered across the floor, and according to medical records, she lost roughly half the blood in her body over the course of the day. Okay. Fucking religion has killed more people in history than anything else. Probably anything else combined. DeSantis, who is widely expected to seat the, seek the 2024 Republican presidential nomination, has uh, uh, signed the six-week ban into law. Florida Senate, uh, Senate min- Minority Leader Lauren Book tweeted, Florida Republicans have now passed a dangerous abortion ban through both the House and the Senate and the Senate, choosing to disregard the pleas of women and the and the doctors entrusted with their care, including two mothers in my own district forced to the brink of death following miscarriages due to the state's current restrictive laws. She added, now things will get much worse. Women have been stripped of their rights and access to life-saving health care. Women will undoubtedly die. This is not freedom. I, of course, say, make no mistake, choice is on the ballot in every single election in this country. Moving on. Uh, San Francisco police have arrested uh, Nima Momeni in connection to the murder of the Cash App uh, founder, Bob Lee. Momeni is a 38-year-old man from Emeryville. Momeni and Lee knew one another and were together in a car before the stabbing. California Secretary of State uh, records indicate that Momeni has been the owner of, of an IT business, which, according to its website, provides services like technical support. Right-wingers blame the stabbing on an out-of-control crime in liberal areas. You know, like they've been saying about in New York, like we talked about yesterday. Elon Musk tweeted, Violent crime in SF is horrific, and even if, if attackers are caught, they are often released immediately, blaming it all on the city. To which I responded this morning, What kind of wine pairs well with crow? because he's eating crow. Yesterday, San Francisco District Attorney Brooke Jenkins criticized Musk's statement as reckless and irresponsible. Jenkins said Musk's remark 
assumed incorrect circumstances about the death and effectively spreads misinformation while police were actively working to solve the case. In a statement, Lee's family thanked San Francisco police for bringing his killer to justice. Now I wonder, could the San Francisco Tourism Board sue Elon Musk? I wonder, could that happen? And, and what's funny about this is Musk is a tech leader. A tech leader killed another tech leader. So if you want to reduce crime, tell Elon Musk he can't go to San Francisco. <laughs> Moving on. And while we're on, actually, we're going to move on to more Elon Musk while we're at it. Let's talk about something quite hilarious. This week, NPR chose to leave Twitter plat the Twitter platform because Elon Musk chose to label them and BBC first as government-influenced media, which it previously applied to state-operated media outlets that shade into propaganda. It's, it really... Uh, that it, it, they're calling him, he was calling them propagandists. Later, the label was changed to government-funded media and state-affiliated media, which they are not. They are completely independent. Well, one thing anyone should know, you don't attack media if you are a public figure. You shouldn't do that. While NPR does, does receive government funding through grants, it says the money rep represents less than 1% of the nonprofit's revenue. In 2022, NPR reported $309 million in revenue. It noted an $80,000 grant from the National Endowment for the Arts. Critics quickly pointed out that two of Musk's most successful companies, SpaceX and Tesla, are also government-funded and indeed receive much more money as a share of revenue and uh, an absolute number. SpaceX racking up $15.3 billion in awarded contracts since 2003, according to U.S. government records. Moreover, SpaceX's uh, business model has been working with NASA to develop space vehicles like the Falcon 9 and Dragon that it can can then offer to private customers. So SpaceX, SpaceX gets free scientists to develop the science much like Moderna did. We talked about that, remember? Uh, SpaceX sought and is still seeking $885 million in government funding to support broadband access in rural communities. Right? Okay, so you say, okay, it's they're they're sub, they're a contractor for the government, so they're they're getting money from the government. That's a little different. Well, wait a minute. This is not Tesla. Is not a subcon is not a contractor for the government. Tesla has actually benefited from a number of outright subsidies created by the U.S. government to encourage. Uh, the development of electric vehicles to reduce carbon em emissions. Notably, the auto company, Tesla, received $465 million in preferential loans from the U.S. Department of Energy in 2010, which it paid off in 2013. Through 2020, 
The company also benefited significantly from tax credits given to consumers who buy electric cars, which have reduced the cost of Tesla's uh, vehicles by $4,000 to $7,500. One attempt to track all these subsidies, including state and local incentives to support manufacturing facilities, estimates the total benefits at nearly three billion dollars with a B to Tesla. Wow. Talk about publicly funding funded uh, 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 businesses. Ain't that something? Uh, real quick, heat waves in the Northeast and not even summer yet. It's like 85 degrees in New York. In summer, it's going to be over 100 degrees for many, many weeks. Possibly. It's an El Nino, Nino year. So that means we will get record heat in California and throughout the United States because it changes the jet stream. <sighs> but don't worry, Republicans keep telling us that anthropogenic global warming does not exist. So don't worry too much about it. That's it. 46 minutes. I'm so sorry. That's not my longest. My longest, I think it was 54 minutes. Well, that's it. Thanks for listening. Thursday, April 13th, 2023. Thursday, April 13th, 2023. I truly appreciate you. Uh, bring someone with you if you can today or this weekend. PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. I'll show up right at the top of the search. Tweet to me questions, insights, or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S. Uh, don't, don't forget that, uh, uh, the, look for the Friday, uh, Friday flaming bag of crap left on your doorstep. And remember, always remember, government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget about that. I'm Peter Lawrence, reporting from Los Angeles.